Hello. This is a repost of episode 29. Once I'd put it up, it became apparent that there was a problem with it downloading from iTunes. And although it was available from the Podbean store, lots of people couldn't get it through iTunes. So I'm having another go at posting it up. It's the same episode in its entirety. Hopefully this one will work. Bye. Hello. You're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of Yarns from the Plain. If you're a new listener, welcome, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thanks for bearing with me again. There's been a little bit of a gap since the last episode, which I put up. Um, I uploaded it onto the server um, early on the morning before I'd left, but I didn't actually manage to transfer it over and publish it until I was actually stood in the queue by the departure gate, um, ready to get on the plane to fly to the States. How's that for, uh, you know, podcasting on the move? I do love my um, iPhone and all the little tweaks and things that it allows me to do. Um, I have had a fabulous holiday, but it was over all too quickly. And uh, we landed back on the weekend of the bank holiday um, here in Britain. And I'm afraid to say my sleeping was so out of whack for for three days. I I had three days where I didn't get up um, much before midday. And of course, then couldn't really go to sleep much before midnight. And uh, for someone who normally sort of bobs along, on a bit less than I need, but, you know, over the summer I'd noticed I evened out at around about half, uh, seven and a half hours a night. I was clocking sort of 11 and a half, 12 hours for each of those three nights. It was very, very bizarre. Um, anyway, once I'd kind of sorted that out, it was straight back into work. And uh, it's all been so hectic in the first two weeks, just trying to get my, myself sorted and organised that I don't quite know where the time has gone. So um, absolute apologies for that. Um I was listening this morning, actually, whilst I was pottering around the kitchen, catching up on a few podcasts, and I listened to an episode of Caithness Craft Collective where Louise had a bit of a croaky throat, so her lovely husband, Richard, had read her script out for her. Um, Well, I don't do scripts. You know that. I'm an unscripted, lazy podcaster. Um, But, you know, I, I asked if my husband would be prepared to, you know... Perhaps he could fill in a bit for my podcast whilst I was obviously so busy because I was getting a little bit edgy that I hadn't got another episode out for you. Um, so he obligingly um, recorded a little bit for you. So, um, you know, here is his interpretation of the Yarns from the Plain podcast. Yarn, blah, 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 yarn, blah, 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 yarn, whoa, yarn, blah, 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 whoa. Hmm. Well, that wasn't quite what I had in mind. Um, Thanks. But perhaps not. Luckily, I do actually have a couple of pieces of audio that I recorded whilst I was away. So, because I want to get an episode out to you, um, I've checked through them. I'm not editing them, so any sort of repetition, bits of um, camera clicking, or tourists around me um, are still in. There is... A little bit of wind noise and the first clip is quite quiet. I'm going to try and adjust the balance. Um, But for those of you who 
are not over keen on recording that is done outside um bearing in mind that i don't have a pop shield or anything else to use when i'm outside um there's a little bit of wind noise i don't think it's unbearable um the second clip is is clearer than the first um the first clip lasts around about 16 minutes so if it's too difficult for you to discern um then feel free to skip it over or indeed you know stop and pick the podcast back up again um hopefully within the next week i'll actually be able to publish a um another podcast that's actually up to date with all the knitting that i've been working on since the holiday um but i did want to get something out because i've just been aware that it i've had these two pieces of um sound and i wanted to get them out before um they really sort of passed their sell by date really um but thank you for those people who have contacted me since um i put up my marathon sessions back in august um it's great to hear from you again um and the plan is over the autumn term hopefully the first couple of hectic weeks are out of the way we're you know perhaps going to now settle into a bit more of a rhythm i'm hoping to get back to regular podcasting over the coming um, weeks and months feel free to contact me by leaving a comment um, over on the show notes at www.yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com or at yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com we've got a group over at Ravelry um, where you can um, come over and join in the chat although it has been very quiet again um, in the last few weeks where I've not been around it's uh, sort of all having a snooze I think so um, we're going to go and get that and see if I can get that livened up a bit over the next little while um, I'm Tales from the Plane on Ravelry and Tales from Plane on Twitter my tweeting is you know sporadic at best and sometimes completely unrelated to knitting but um, you know feel free to uh, join in the banter that uh, goes around amongst some of our listener and podcaster communities that's out there. You can also email me at any time at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com and I'd like to say that I hope that uh, Judy who contacted me earlier this week regarding the uh, paucity of nice yarn that she was finding here on a, a trip to britain i hope she's managed to find something now that's not that terrible squeaky acrylic that she found earlier um and i hope uh, myself and others have been able to point her in direction of something that she's been able to um you know enjoy anyway i'm going to leave you now um with the two postcards from my holiday and hopefully i'll speak to you again soon bye I don't quite know what the sound quality on this is going to be like because it's a little windy, I think.
here, but I'm going to give it a go. Um, it's quarter past seven on the morning of Saturday the 20th of August, and I am recording this south, looking over the Grand Canyon in Tennessee. Does life get much better than this? I'm not convinced it does. Beautiful. I slightly missed the sunrise, but I was compensated by seeing some deer in the forest in the area around where we were staying here at Grand Canyon. And for those of you who visited Grand Canyon, I'm actually out here at the Bright Angel Lookout. Um, I've picked up a bagel and a coffee. I've eaten the bagel, I've got the coffee. And it's just beautiful, very misty down in the canyon. And um, in terms of visual impact, stunning as this is, I don't think my brain can quite compute this. Um, and a few days ago we visited the Canyon de Chez, um, over further east in Arizona, and it's much smaller, but it is absolutely beautiful, and I think, given the choice of which one I had to visit again, I'd probably go there, because it is on a scale my little brain can comprehend, um, and you can actually see across it. The reason it's so hazy inside the canyon is that actually deep down inside the canyon it's about 20 degrees warmer than it is up here. So um, the the warm air rises and of course hits the cool air at the top of the room and just condenses. So it gets this, this very hazy effect. Um, just to give you an idea, it's, it is a bit windy up here and it's actually chilly enough for me to have put a um, hoodie on, which is, um, you know, that's the first time I've actually put any long sleeves on in the whole trip we've been in every week. Um, I've chosen this hoodie specially. It's not suitable for looting because it's baby pink. Um, but never mind. But it is a Route 66 hoodie. And although I'm not really a baby pink kind of person, the other choice was black. And I kind of wanted something that was a bit more... Um, or a bit less, I should say, um, reminiscent of the, of the recent rioting and looting in Britain. So, But anyway, I am here, and I have in front of me... Um, a sock. It's a sock that I started in December 2008 and got to the point where I turned the heel and then put it down again in a very short space of time um, because I think it was going away. I started it between Christmas and New Year if I remember rightly and I was going away. I knew it would be too complex to, to work on whilst I was away and uh, never picked it back up again. Um, so of course when I did pick it up yeah, again yesterday morning and tried to work out where I was, um, I had the quandary of finding myself exactly where I was in the pattern, but with an extra um, seven stitches, six stitches, an odd number anyway, so it didn't quite fit, but then I realised that I think the reason I did is that it starts with a leg of 66 stitches and then reduces to a foot of 60, and I think, because I'm knitting them on 2.25 needles, I think I decided that I was unlikely to be able to fit. Um, sorry, a fly's just gone in my coffee. Out. Latte with added fly. Mm. Um, the the uh, the foot was like unlikely to fit. So I think what I must have done was I decided to actually increase slightly. Um, so I had an extra two stitches on the foot. Um, because uh, as you do the lace pattern down the foot, there's 31 stitches, but you then reduce one to bring it back to 30. Um, I think I put an extra two on there, so I'd have 33, and I'm going to have 33 on the foot. So I think that's what it is, because of course I didn't make any notes. 
And we're now, you know, nearly three years down the line trying to remember what the hell I did. But anyway, this sock is called I Remember Mama by Fra- uh, Shah, who's also known as Frau Hugs. And it was a design that she put together for the sock knitter's pentathlon in 2008, um, which was inspired by the Olympics. And the idea was you did five different socks during the year, um, you know, the pentathlon, five events. And I completed four of them, and I decided that I was going to do mine in the colours of the Olympic rings. So I had a red pair, a yellow pair, a black pair, a blue pair, and these were my green pair. And it's got a lovely lace pattern um, down the leg, and then down the back of the leg, um, it doesn't have the little lace diamonds that are on the front. It's got this, what she calls a, a medal stitch, which she said was reminiscent of the Olympics. And so it's got little crossing cables um, that go round to make a little medallion shape. So it looks really nice, actually. So um, once I'd sorted out and got my head round where I was with that yesterday, um, I sort of started picking that up. So that's the sock I'm working on at the moment. Um, I've not actually done anywhere near as much knitting as I thought I would. Partly because when we have had some fantastic scenery, all I've just wanted to do is sit and gaze at it. Um, we were in Monument Valley on, I can't remember when now, Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. And I did knit a little bit of my plain vanilla sock um, that I started with the Easy Knits. Um, I can't remember the name, is, is it? Oh, I can't remember the name of the yarn. I know that my colourways in Carousel. Um, those of you who've been listening a while remember that I bought it at Fibre Flurry and was so determined to cast it on that I actually um, wound it on in the rest, in sort of the chillax room at Fibre Flurry and uh, started it there and then. Of course, then I put it by. Um, I've attempted on several coach journeys with the children to do the heel and I've decided in the end that I've put a row of waist yarning because I'm going to do an afterthought heel because I love the way the, the yarn is striping at the moment with the stitch count and every time I try, even with a short row heel which shouldn't break up the stitch count does end up slightly throwing out the sequence of the stripes on the front of the foot so I gave up on it and decided I'm going to do a um, Lucy Neatly Afterthought heel um, kind of which I think is basically it's a Bosnian heel I think she calls it and it's very much like doing the toe um, on, a, on a sock you just basically do another toe on the back when you're finished. So um, I did that. But I transferred over to um, this one, this uh, I Remember Mama sock, because uh, I managed to throw a cocktail um, slightly on my other sock. So it currently smells a bit of um, sampuka, which is okay, but I'm not necessarily sure I want to knit with sampuka-infused yarn this early in the morning. So... Anyway, so where have I where have I been up to in my US trip so far? Let's see. Um, Monday we spent all Monday travelling, so that was that. Uh, Tuesday we started off in Albuquerque and we went into the old town, which is lovely. Just what I kind of imagined a a Mexican border town might look like. You know, it's very Spanish architecture, lots of adobe buildings. Uh, Tuesday afternoon we went to Sky City, which is um, a mesa inhabited by um, Indians from the Akama tribe. Um, they're descended from the ancestral Pueblans, I think. And that was just, oh, it was amazing. So I bought some Indian crafts. I got some um, pottery earrings, beautifully painted, some um, beading, a piece of beading for my mum because she beads. And I wanted to, to bring her something, so she's absolutely delighted with that. Um, and... 
That was something else. I can't think what it was. Oh, we bought a pot up on the top from the Mesa. Um, so we're hoping to get a conservatory. So at the moment the conservatory's going to be filled with things from this trip, I think. Um, Wednesday, what do we do Wednesday? Wednesday we went to Four Corners, which is where Utah, Colorado, New Mexico and Al- um, Arizona meet. So um, I have a photograph, my husband took a photograph, it's not a brilliant one, of me knitting, standing on the Four Corners. So I am actually knitting in four states at once. Um, he's not quite mastered the autofocus, bless on my camera though, so um, it's actually a lady walking in front who's in focus and I'm slightly out of focus, but We'll share that one. Uh, then we went on to Monument Valley, which was actually on spur of the moment, which meant that we just drove a ridiculous amount of miles that day, but was just... Oh, it was stunning. It just... it. Uh, 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 can you hear? Words failed me. We just sat there and looked at it. It was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Decided not to do the, the self-drive through it, since you need a four-wheel drive and we didn't have one. We didn't know how we would quite explain that we'd rip the exhaust off the hire car. So we didn't. Um, but that was just stunning. Then we went to stay um, at Chinley on the edge of the um, Canyon de Chez. <laughs> now, it was a hot day Wednesday. You know, we clocked 101 at several points. Now, you know, if you're American and you live in this area, you're used to it. You might moan about it, but you're used to it, all right? We're British. We live near Manchester. It rains. A lot. <laughs> and our hot bits, we start complaining when it gets to 23 degrees Celsius, which is certainly not anywhere near 101 Fahrenheit. I've been getting very good at g- converting. Um, so 101 Fahrenheit, and we'll take it out for 69, divided by 9, that's 7 and a, almost, almost 8. Um, but see, you know, you're looking at about 37, 38 degrees. Which is just like, <coughs> you know, it's more than body temperature. It's not right. Anyway, um, we arrived at, at the holiday inn that we were staying in, in uh, Chinle. Now, I think that's how you pronounce it. Now, if you're familiar with the film Ice Cold in Alex, you'll know the final scene. It's a war film. You'll know the final scene where John Mills and Sylvia Sim, and I think is Anthony Quinn still with them at that point, and there's somebody else, they arrive at a bar in um, Alexandra and all they want is an ice cold beer yeah well that's what we wanted you know it was our own little ice cold in Alex moment so we arrived in Chinle on the hottest day that we'd had and as we walked in my husband sort of clocked the gift shop and the registration and the restaurant and he went I don't think there's a bar never mind he thought there's a restaurant and as we touched and he went um is, is, where, where's the bar? To which the nice uh, Native American man um, behind the counter went, ah, we don't have a bar. Um, this is the Navajo Nation. And uh, the nearest place to purchase down collar is 150 miles away. <laughs> oh, never have I seen my husband look quite so aghast. It was, uh, it was quite something to see bless him um, but uh, but it was worth it because when we went to the Canyon de Chez the next morning it was just stunning it was absolutely beautiful if you ever 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 get the chance to go it is lovely it's nowhere near as big as the Grand Canyon but because of that you, your brain can actually cope with it 
Um, so it's beautiful. So I didn't knit there at all because I was just too busy looking at it. It was gorgeous. What do we do in the afternoon? Um, Thursday afternoon. You know, I'm losing track of the days. Oh, we drove to to um, Flagstaff and went to Meteor Crater, which is exactly what it sounds like, really. We went and stood in, well, stood on the top of the rim where a very large meteor impacted on the earth. So it's a bit like you'd imagine, really, just a big sort of dip in the earth, but quite spectacular. It's, uh, you know, certainly impressive. Um, we know stayed in Flagstaff that night. Managed to pick a hotel that had no restaurant, but then looking at it, most of them had no restaurant in that section. So um, too lazy to go out, so we phoned for pizza. <laughs> How lazy are we? And uh, then yesterday we um, explored a little bit of Flagstaff, which is on the old Route 66. And then we went to the Museum of Northern Arizona, which was really interesting. Lots and lots of stuff about Native Americans. And um, I spent a long time being laughed at by hummingbirds as I was trying to catch their picture. Um, And then we came to the Grand Canyon. And last night we went on a sunset tour. So I actually saw, I think it's possibly the first time I've ever seen the sunset. Now, I don't mean I've not seen the sunset, but it's probably the first time I've actually specifically watched the sun go down. And it was, although it was slightly cloudy, it was still pretty impressive because I hadn't realised just quite how quickly it did it. If you don't sit and watch, you don't realise how much the sun actually moves in a short period of time, really. Um... We then came back, we were, we're not actually staying at the Grand Canyon Village Lodges right on the rim, we're staying about half, uh, you know, about, about a mile away, and um, at Yavapai, if anyone ever knows it, and uh, we decided to come and eat here at Bright Angel, we had a meal, we were given a crater, <laughs> a rimside view, which is actually excellent, but of course there's no lighting, so it was plunged in darkness, we couldn't see the canyon at all. Um, but when we came out, oh my god. Of course, there is no lighting, is there? For hundreds of miles. Hundreds of miles. No light pollution. And most of the stars, uh, most of the clouds are gone. I have never seen a night sky like it. It was stunning. You know, I could see the Milky Way. I can see when I open on a, on a good night, when I open my front door, I can see Orion because we look south and Cassiopeia and all those kinds of things. Um, and if I go and stand in my back garden, I can see the plough, or what the Americans call the Big Dipper. Um, but it has to be a, you know, a clear night, and that's all I can see. I can't see any tiny stars. Well, the sky was just peppered with them. It was just stunning. Even, I think, when I've been in the lakes, I don't think I've necessarily had that clarity. It was absolutely superb. Uh, then there was a thunderstorm across the canyon, so we watched that, that was just amazing. Um, a lot of that was obscured by a cloud, so we couldn't necessarily see the forks of lightning, but we saw them flashing around the canyon, which was stunning. And then, just as we sort of came out to sort of head our way back to our lodge, we saw a shooting star. So, it doesn't get more amazing than that. The canyon is is pretty impressive, but it, it's too big almost to really get your head around. But seeing the sunset, seeing the stars seeing the thunderstorm, seeing shooting star it's just stunning if you ever ever, ever get the chance to stay here, do it it's worth it, it's absolutely fantastic anyway with that I'm going to sign this section off so we'll perhaps pick it up later 
Maybe I'll give you another instalment when we're in San Francisco. Bye. Well, that was the foghorn on the bridge here in San Francisco. That was the Golden Gate Bridge. I can't see it, but I can hear it. It's here, I, it's um, about 20 past 11 on the morning of Wednesday the 20, I think it's the 24th today. And um, I've decided I'd record a little audio segment for, of the podcast here for you. Um, it'll of course be accompanied by beautiful photographs of the bridge not <laughs> well it might do i suppose if the fog lifts um there we go again um but the fog is down to the point that it's i'm really struggling to see even the cables um at the start of it so um i've taken a few atmospheric foggy shots every now and again a little bit lifts and you get a tantalizing glimpse of some of the cables but then it goes again and and it's over so it's just really funny um i'm in san francisco i could well be in tynemouth really uh, listening to the foghorn blowing out from tynemouth pier um but never mind <laughs> it's all good for a laugh isn't it and uh i have to say we're having a lovely time um i last recorded something on saturday morning on the grand canyon um on saturday we then um left and uh, left the Grand Canyon and went down, um, picked up I-40, the old Route 66, went around a um, piece of the historic Route 66, actually. Um, very small. Uh, it's not even small-town America, really. It's just sort of a, a collection of former motels and, and gas stations, really. Um, then um, got to Kingman and then went on to Oatman. Now, Oatman is a ghost town. But it's a living ghost town. There are still people there. It was uh, created, a, a settlement created there for the gold mining uh, in the gold rush. And um, it's, well, it's something else. It really is something else. Um, uh, my husband and I had managed to read the instructions on how to get there several times. Neither of us had actually taken any heed of the little phrase, legendary switchbacks on the road. Um, it was a terror drive. It was absolutely a terror drive. Um, at certain points, my husband, I don't think, was going any faster than 10 or 15 miles an hour um, as we were creeping up these switchbacks over this mountain pass. And um, I really did think at various points that that was it. I was going to be found in the car, baked um, as we'd come off the edge because it was at that point knocking 110 Fahrenheit, which is, you know, well into the 40s. 
and it was just it was a nightmare it was a nightmare journey um we got very snappy with each other as you do at moments of deep stress when you've been married a long time <laughs> how, how much further another seven and a half miles that's ridiculous we must only be about two miles away now no no definitely sat nav says it's only seven it's, it's seven and a half miles well, this is ridiculous you can turn around at any point where exactly would you like me to turn around on this road you know you get the idea it's a little stressed when we arrived, um, it was very much the, the buildings through the main street on the Oatman Highway, which is the old Route 66, um, were, as you'd imagine they would be in the times of the Wild West. Unfortunately, we missed the, um, the gunfight that takes place um, every day around about uh, 12 and 2.15. We missed it by about an hour. But the street is just full of burrows, which are, are the mules, the descendants of the mules that were set free um, at the end of the mining period they'd been used down the mines and um, were just let go and so they had descendants so they just wander freely up and down the open highway, Route 66 um, looking out for anyone who will spend a dollar on a bag of burrow food uh, and feed them um, we decided that we didn't want to come back the way we'd come um, if we carried on down Route 66 we'd end up picking up um, I-40 again and then dropping down to Lake Havasu City which is on um, uh, an artificial, I think it's an artificially created lake on the Colorado River um, which is the most bizarre place you can imagine um, because there's a little island created in the middle of this lake and uh, crossing to get onto the island from the, the um, west bank of Lake Havasu City um, on the east of, of the, the lake is actually California, you have to cross London Bridge. Yes, the London Bridge. Uh, bought from London in the 60s, piece by piece and reassembled over. It's crackers. It's absolutely crackers. I mean, it just... Uh, I, I can't speak. It was just crackers, absolutely crackers. Um, we then went back to Kingman, had the best meal that we'd had at that point in the... Um, in the whole trip in a little restaurant called Oysters on Route 66 so if you ever get there it's great fabulous Mexican absolutely superb and then on Sunday what did we do Sunday oh Sunday we went to the Hoover Dam very hot and then ended up in Vegas it's not really my kind of town really it's just it's it, yeah it's not really me um, unfortunately I got very very hot dehydrated um, ate too many crisps for lunch and only crisps for lunch and then seemed to sort of put myself into a bit of a sodium overload with the lack of hydration um, and was had a developing a headache and then we went to um, have a meal in the uh, resort hotel where the theatre was that we were for the show we were going to go see that night and the moment I ate something, my body just kind of went, no, I can't actually process food as well as everything else. And my body kind of basically shut down. So we ended up going back to the hotel and uh, to the Luxor and missed the show, which is a real shame because it was Penn and Tello and I was really looking forward to it. Um, and I was really ill. But never have, been, have I been so glad to have a sweet room. <laughs> so I could basically just be ill in the bedroom and uh, my husband had the, the sort of the sitting area with telly and everything else so um you know not great not great
So anyway, on uh, on the Monday morning, we got up, we had a little look around the casino, um, realised that $30 isn't going to gamble you very far. It lasted about a minute and a half um, on the, the roulette table. So, you know, I get better value for money out of my gambling than going to Chester races. I really do. But never mind. Uh, we then set out and uh, flew to San Francisco Monday evening. And um, we've been here ever since. And I have to say... It's delightful. It's uh, yesterday was not typical August weather. Today is August weather in uh, in San Francisco is typically fog, cool. You know, sixty-two, sixty-five degrees. Um, you know, it's about sixteen Celsius. Um, you know, not that summer dissimilar to how uh, the weather was when we left England, but. Um, but yesterday was cracking. It was gorgeously hot. Um, so we went out to Ocean Beach, the Pacific Ocean, yesterday. So I went and had a paddle in the Pacific. I finished my 365 photograph project with a photo down on Ocean Beach, for those who uh, uh, remember that I was uh, involved in that. And then um, we sort of came back to the Union Square area and just sat. I went to two yarn shops. So thank you all those people who recommended Imagine It and Art Fibres. I went to both. Imagine It is lovely. It's got um, brand yarns. So lots of ones that you don't get in the UK. So there's lots of Manistel Uruguay, which is lovely, which we do get. But they, you know, they had some limited edition yarn. It's absolutely beautiful. I can't remember um, what it is at the minute. I haven't got it with me. But... Um, I bought two skeins of it, and it's the luscious, most luscious, soft, buttery um, yarn, and it's sort of a sport weight, probably, um, to like worsted. I bought two skeins of it in an electric blue, and I'm going to make myself some little wristers to go with my blue coat, my lovely blue um, showery coat for autumn. Uh, I also bought a skein of sock yarn by Frolicking Feet that was called Navajo Sky because I just thought I couldn't not having sort of spent time in the Navajo Nation. Um, I then left, uh, we went back to Union Square, it was gorgeously sunny, so I left my husband in Union Square and I went to go and see Art Fibres. Now, Art Fibres, if you are ever in San Francisco, is something else. I've never been in a yarn store like it. They only sell their own yarns, um, which is spun and dyed locally. So it's there, you know, done to their specifications. The room is um, set out with a whole lot of IKEA um, wire baskets down the middle um, with little sloping um, tops on. On the top, there is um, possibly a sample garment knitted in that particular type of yarn and lots of different sample swatches um, in different colours with different stitch patterns. The price is listed um, in cents per yard and you go, you take your swatching um, cone, you swatch... Sorry, that was a particularly noisy lorry going over the bridge then. Um, I don't know if you picked that up. You swatch your yarn, um, you know, get a feel for it if you like it, you then go and take a cone to Roxanne, the lady who um, owns Art Fibres, and she will wind off exactly as much as you need. 
So you can have 200 yards, 300 yards, 400 yards, 600 yards, 800 yards, 337 yards if, you know, you want to be picky about it and be exact. Um, so I got two different yards. I got 350 yards of um, one, which is a tussle silk. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, I think it's called Tantra. And then I got 400 um, yards of a blend that's got, I think it's got mulberry silk and baby alpaca and some tussle silk in it. And it's beautiful. That's I got the the um, tussle silk, 100% tussle silk in purple, and then the other is in some reds. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, I also bought some um, spinning fibre, that baby camel and tussle silk, and it's just buttery soft, so I can't wait to spin that up. I hope I can do that justice. I bought four ounces of that, but actually there was only just a, a touch over four ounces, so she very kindly gave me um, everything that was there, even though it was slightly over four ounces. So how lovely was that? So just an absolute joy, an absolute joy. The, the, both of the shops are, are just lovely, completely different and serving a completely different um, type of audience. But that's great. You know, you can have that, can't you? That's what's nice when you've got a, a complete niche like Art Fibers. So delighted to see what it was like. So for the rest of San Francisco well tomorrow we're planning on a, a trip out to Alcatraz if it's like this then we obviously won't see a great deal um, but never mind and uh, you know um, we're going to sit here for a while longer and see if the fog lifts okay so take care you've been listening to Yarns from the Plain show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plane. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>